0: it ain't. all right everybody as promised we have miss japan herself Ishisan san aiko-san and we right we're gonna figure this out you know japan i've got to say uh i'm a believer i'm a believer in god and miracles and all sorts of stuff but i had my doubts about finding a a Japanese chapter leader. It seemed like a pretty big feat because in all of our travels, the one country who seemed the most resistant to noon, the most allergic to noon, was Japan. Um, And so just for context, everybody out there, we love Japan. We have so many people from Japan in our programs and so many second generation who are from Japanese parents um, who are in our programs, in our world. But it took us a few years before we got any real participation from especially Japanese men, and even just our events. We, we had, I remember in Korea we did a tour where there is one place in Japan, I think it was Kyungju where it was like 60 women who came to our event, that's it. And they're all Japanese wives who lived in Korea. And then there's one Japanese man in the back. He was the first man ever and he was way in the back and he was just there to support his wife. And he wanted that to be known because he was like so far away from everybody else, kind of on his phone. But even that was a win for us. But it was so hard to get Japanese men to come to our events for some reason, right? And so um, it was Higuchi-san in New Jersey. I don't know, maybe 2018 or 19. Uh, who spoke out on behalf of all men, on behalf of all Japanese men, he spoke out and said his testimony in front of his home community. It was very difficult for him, but he stood up, and from then on, he's been on fire for high noon. He started meeting with other men, and thanks to Sammy and Benji's dad, Uyama-san, they started a men's group, which has now been going on for years, right? And so that was in and of itself the first miracle and evidence that there is a God, you know? But then to start a chapter, that was a whole nother, nother thing. And so this time around, we were going to go to Japan. Um, and Mitsue was determined. I've never seen her like this. She took full responsibility. We're going to go to Japan. And she made it You know, she she had people that she's talking to, but she had just the confidence that we needed to go and that something good would happen. And we ended up going to Japan. And at the very end of our trip, Aiko. What happened? It was was on the Sunday, the day before we were all going to leave, somebody was talking to you. And then give us this breakdown. Like, how did you end up in this position where you're the chapter leader?
1: Yeah. Sammy asked me if I wanted to become a chapter leader, and I really uh, processed in my mind a lot. But then I felt called. And I said yes.
0: Mm. Not only did you say yes, so Aiko is gainfully employed, and she. we were just talking, the first time I ever met you was you visited the Wolfenburgers at our Airbnb, and Mm. we were talking about your job extensively, and you love your job. You love what you do. You help people. It's meaningful. Um, You love your coworkers. You love everything about it. So I was like, ah, well, that basically makes her not a candidate for working with us because She loves what she does. Like You don't meet people like that often who really enjoy what they do. And on that Sunday where you were asked by Sammy if you wanted to be the chapter leader and you felt a calling to do so, you're like, but first I have to talk to my boss. And your boss was about 10 feet away from you at that time, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And then you just ended up talking right there and then and planting the seed. So like... It all happens relatively quickly, yeah?
1: hmm yeah.
0: Yeah. So I do want to back up. I just wanted to kind of give some context because it really was bizarre that we went to Japan. We were there for a little bit less than a week, something like a week, and at the end of it, we ended up with this superstar chapter leader. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, so I want to unpack this. First of all, let's get into you. So... Who are you and where were you born and where were you raised? Because those are two different things, right?
1: Right, it is. So, hello. My name is Aiko. And I'm half American. My mother's from America, Boston. My mother, my father's from Japan. And I was born in Utah, but came to Japan when I was six months old. So I was basically raised in Japan, Saitama, and Ever since I've lived in Japan in the last eight years ago, my husband's um, half African and we still live here in Japan and I have a job that I love. And yeah, I I speak Japanese regularly. So my English might be weird sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's amazing though. No, you know, we have, have great English and I know everybody second guesses their second language when they speak it but you you communicate very well um so yeah you were born in utah of all places uh mormon capital of the world and raised in japan and then how did you hear about Hainu? like well how what was your first introduction to time
1: yeah five years ago Hainu came to japan once um uh, the- Mr. and Mrs. Wolfenberger came and gave a three-day seminar as we invited them. When um, I was involved with uh, International Family Association in Japan, and I was shocked. Like, oh, I didn't know that this kind of a organization that talks so honestly about absolute sex and... Really, really hands on on this issue. So I was hoping that High Noon will come to Japan often and it would be more uh, active in Japan, which never happened. (laughs) It was five years ago that I first learned about High Noon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to, I think it was Justin Okamoto. I wasn't there that time, but I think Justin Okamoto snuck us in the back door of the country and ushered us into the corridor um, and we had this unofficial (laughs) event so kind of traditionally Hainun has been having tours in Korea and around Asia in the late summer fall and I guess that somehow worked to create some sort of workshop and that was your first introduction and so you were impacted you were did you feel casually like, Oh, wow, this is really cool. And then you kind of forgot about it? Or did something about your experience stick with you?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, it was actually my own issue that I wanted to deal with. And then also, I knew that a lot of second gen would uh, look for this. But uh, I was I'm, I'm a busy person regularly, that (laughs) I might uh think about high noon sometimes, occasionally, but it just wasn't in the center of my mind. So I went well not actively contact or like to go or with the high noon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was there somewhere in your mind, but not a big deal. What? Um but then this time around when we came, so it's been five years since Hainu's been to Japan, um, mm-hmm. you helped to organize a lot of this, didn't you? Yeah,
1: that actually. Uh, how did that happen? Um, well, it, yeah, as you mentioned before, my boss, my core worker, um, he was somehow involved with Hainu and he asked me if I could take responsibility in like, Um, inviting Hainu to Japan because I was like, uh, in a leader position of the AFA international families in Japan. And I'm a type of person like, wouldn't say no if, (laughs) if I feel, um, needed like, yeah. So in the beginning I just said, yeah, okay i'll do what i can yeah. so that's how it started
0: got it so he kind of got roped in sounds like
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so funny you know to be honest uh san also got roped in he's mm-hmm. very open about this the reason why he gave a testimony is he knew that he had a huge target on his back he said you know, the first time he experienced us, it was accidentally. It was at our big summit in Las Vegas at the very beginning of High Noon becoming High Noon. And he had some guilt issues because he was struggling with his own sexual integrity at that time. Um, and when I knew that he lived in New Jersey, so while we were putting on the event in New Jersey, I asked if he could help with it. And he had this lingering feeling like they're going to ask me to do something like give a testimony or something like that and then when i did he was like ah, i knew it and he really didn't want to but he knew he had to he felt like kind of god had his number that this was just his time and you know so we have a bunch of testimonies like that where people are almost backed into a corner it seems like but it turns out that that's the very thing that they needed and god was just finding finding his way you know so mm-hmm. same you as- you know, it was, you had a good experience. So there's that, but not enough for you to be championing our cause at all since then. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. You. And then your boss kind of politely, I'm sure, asks you to help. <laughs> and he's also your boss. <laughs> and you just end up helping. And so you helped to organize it. You had a bunch of meetings, right? You helped to make these events happen. I, was a part of one of your meetings, you you invested a lot into it, but at what point did you start to feel like, oh, this is something that I actually could care a lot about? Because that seems, it it wasn't really there before we showed up. So at what point did it go from just this, yeah, High Noon's okay to I want to work with High Noon? Like at what point during that week did that happen?
1: Yeah. I knew somebody had to do this in Japan. Because like I waited for five years. Not, not like waited, but I, I step back watching how it goes. And nothing nothing literally. Nobody knows about Hainu in Japan. Mm. And they had I felt like, oh, maybe it's because I didn't do anything. And maybe it can go the same way for the next five, 10 years. And I wouldn't want to see that because I know that there are so many youth or uh, grownups mm. longing for this. And I knew somebody, I wanted somebody and it didn't have to be me. <laughs> somebody has to do this. And in the Japan chapter leader position. And I was kind of still hoping if there's somebody. But then, <laughs> like, yeah, actually, it made me click in my mind exactly when Sammy asked me. I went, like, until that moment, I wasn't going to step up.
0: <laughs>
1: mm. But then, well, actually, I felt called. It was a 6000 uh, second okay. John. Yeah, true mother called in Korea, and I was luckily able to go there. And what true mother mentioned was, she wants she second gen is her hope, mm. and she sees us as crystal crystals. So oh. now was the time that I felt that this is something that can really bring back her children. And that she really looking so strongly. So, anyway, so these things came at once. It was, it was like the week before you came that I met True Mother. And I was just so touched my heart a lot. Mm. <laughs> I felt, okay, God, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the person you chose, I guess.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I, I want to unpack that a little bit. So, True Mother called a lot of second gen to come from specifically Japan to Korea for an event, right? You yes. were one of a, a horde. There's 5,000 or so? Uh, yes,
1: 7,000.
0: 7,000, huge amount. Showed up at the stadium. Your mother was really moved. And then you were really moved because you felt connected to her, right? You really felt like you uh, connected to her cause and connected to her and you wanted to help. That's my understanding right and then that was lingering in you true mother i want to help you and in your heart the week leading up to us coming out there mm-hmm. and then we show up and then you're asked can you help second gen and you're like uh yes <laughs> <laughs> is that a fair summary <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I had a lot of uh, uh, other reasons, like, you know, my work and then also my family and then like some kind of reputation that I would worry about that I would be in that position. And a lot of reasons that came up all at once were all not enough to say no, because I really felt called. That's,
0: that was the yes <laughs> that well, were just, just I know we can't really know, but do you think that if you didn't have that experience the week before, that you wouldn't have been so open to the opportunity?
1: Rather, no, that's a difficult question because I would still pray about it and God would show me anyway. <laughs> Sure, but it was definitely like a turning point. I mean, like, yeah, God, God was very clear about that.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, and thank you so much for saying yes. That that was a shocker because I was within earshot and I heard some of it, but I was also doing other stuff, and it was also a rough day for me. The day that you said yes was the day that I got beaten up by Japan. Do you remember? It took me. Five hours to get to Sunday service because they got me. I, <laughs> I was. <showed> up. <laughs> my God. That day, for all of you, I became Kevin from Home Alone and I lost my high noon family in a Japanese subway system. And I I, I I, didn't have a phone that worked. I didn't have any cash. I couldn't get cash out of the bank machine. It would give me cash. So I couldn't go anywhere. And then I had a credit card and I was like okay I'll just try to take a taxi and then I lost my credit card in the taxi oh that goodness. kicked me out it was just like I was trying so many different ways just to get to Sunday service and the more I tried the worse it got and anyway it was such a nightmare but that was I feel like maybe I paid indemnity for something good
1: do. <laughs> I
0: You didn't know that story, but now I do. (laughs) Literally, I got there. We left our Airbnb at about eight o'clock in the morning. and I didn't get to Sunday service until after, it was like almost one o'clock. So you do the math on how many hours it took me to take a 45 minute ride. Took me, felt like Moses, you know, it takes 40 days, but I took 40 years to get there. So anyway, that was the same day. And it'll be etched in my mind for two, very important reasons. One, because I'm an idiot, and other, two, because you're very cool. <laughs> uh, so, now that you're the chapter leader, how are you feeling? Like, how are you? Are you feeling hopeful for Japan and High Noon? Like, what? I I I was really inspired, honestly, by your sense of vision. When you took this job, that you have, you have a clear reason for doing what you're doing. You're not just there's some people who are broadly optimistic, but they have no hope of achieving their goals because it's just like, I don't know, world peace will happen. How? I don't know, I'll just watch a lot of TV or something. They have no idea how to get to their big hopes and their dreams, like how to mm-hmm. get them off the ground. So, But I was really inspired by your vision and your determination. So what what are you seeing in terms of the future of, of Hainu in Japan?
1: Yeah. I. I prayed about being uh in this position of chapter leader and what God wanted to see. And one thing that I was always praying about was about the sisters around me like I have very close sisters like uh church in church that they would find spouses and have a happy family. Which is very difficult for them right now because the blessing and the matching is like Six girls and one boy. <laughs> like the yeah, there's so much less men in the matching process that a lot of sisters are like just getting older and older each year without a So I was they like this was um an answer for my prayer that I like to have more than a hundred. Um Brothers and sisters go through a matching process after this, through the Hainu, and I wanted to offer that as uh, a testimony to true parents that here are your children coming back. And to do that, I wanted to have a team and to like broadcast, broad broadly, like spread Hainu is here because right now, nobody. Literally, <laughs> nobody knows how I'm here in Japan, so I would want to like give them hope and to have um this ball rolling in Japan. I feel very, very energetic when I think about that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And just so you all know, uh, I, I attribute it to the era in which we live, that I believe that there's always a way for everybody to win. If you're willing to kind of allow yourself to be open-minded and open-hearted to get to that place where it's possible. But um, Aiko-san got Mm -hmm. to keep the job that she loves and be a chapter leader um, so she gets to do things that she loves and finds meaningful all together at once without burning out. That's the goal here, is to not burn out and to not overexert herself, but to be highly effective. And that's honestly just, you know, a, uh, a merit of the age kind of thing where you don't have to sacrifice this wonderful job you love for doing something that you feel really called to do. You can do actually both. And that's something that we really um, are... Are wanting of our chapter leaders, but also of all of you out there who are listening to understand that giving up something like an addiction isn't like a loss. You're not losing anything. You're just shedding this chain that's holding you back from reaching your potential so that you can have so much more. And But you have to allow yourself to be in the magical space of possibility. And so I I think, to be honest, if I'm just to look back and- tell you what I see is that Mm -hmm. meeting with your mother helped you get into that state of what if and how do I and then you were offered something a seed was planted in your in your the possibility pool and and you could see that it was it was doable and you kind of jumped in and now we're doing the work of figuring out how to manage all this but Mm -hmm. it's like you don't have to die in as in order to be resurrected just The part of you that doesn't work needs to die so that you can have more thriving. And so, yeah, with this whole situation, it's really cool to watch because I think before noon wasn't ready to work in such a way, but now we are and you are. So it's a perfect timing to, to work together to create thriving so that Japan thrives through you, but it's not all on you because everybody, she's already building a team um, she's already meeting with people, and it's not all on her. It's not you know, we're working together on this. So it's just really inspiring to me because it's not like we don't have to give you bad news, like I, I'm sorry, but if you want to work for us, you're gonna have to stop talking to your your family or something like that. You guys gotta give your soul to I no. no, it's it's now it's like you get both, you know, so I mean, I hope you're encouraged, really grateful
1: <laughs> about that really grateful. I really love my job, as you mentioned, so <laughs> I really feel called for High Noon. It's amazing yes. that I can do that
0: at this moment, yeah. So, everybody, Aiko's email is aiko at highnoon.org. That's her official email. And aiko if I- if people really are like, oh, man, she is such a cool person. I really want to help her um, is there anything that you'd like help with? If you could call out to the universe and say, here's how you can help Hainu in Japan. Do you see any way in which people who are listening could contribute to that?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. We're really looking for help. Um, specifically at the moment, I'm looking for somebody who can like manage um, uh, social media <laughs> <laughs> because I'm terrible about that. And our team, none of us are. So, like, to post something or even like to, if you know how to create an Instagram page, sound like an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so somebody who can, like, specifically, yeah, looking for somebody who can do that. And also, yeah, we're always inviting people to our groups and to want to re- grow more and more groups and to raise people who
0: can take care of others who want to, mm. yeah, basically. Amazing. Yeah, and everybody, this is cool. I, I don't know if I've been systematic enough about this point, but it kind of feels like, you know, baseball cards. I don't know if you're, I, you guys are crazy about baseball in Japan, but um, in most sports, Back in the day, especially, there were cards for each player and you'd want to get your favorite player's cards and it would have their statistics and, you know, it felt really personal because you you would collect the cards of the people that you're interested in. And it seems like High Noon's turning into that, that everybody, High Noon's, you know, one big team and we've got a ton of volunteers all over the world and all that. But even our staff and our chapter leaders, like all this, uh, people can feel called to help. Somebody in particular, and so yeah, I really encourage all of you if you if you really if you are from Japan or if your parents are from Japan, if you feel a call because a lot of people right now because of all that's going on in our movement and Japan, you know that whole situation, feel called to pray for Japan to help Japan. Well, to me, this is actually a massive way which Japan can start to gain many many victories is. When we start reclaiming our sexual integrity as individuals, as families, as communities, we start living the high noon life of being open and sharing together the struggle so we're not burdened by the weight of all of humanity just by ourselves and so that we can actually start getting beyond the past and all of our resentment and limitations and all that in order to build an amazing future. So high noon is going to play a massive role in... The next phase of that, the Japanese providence. So, if you feel called to help, you know, don't forget to reach out to to Aiko and to even just pray for her. But also, if you want to help substantially, to to reach out to her and um, she's building a team, she's building momentum, and she can use all the help you know you can offer. So, just putting that out there. Aiko, I I by the way, she just got super embarrassed when I started speaking like that because I'm talking about asking to help her I feel like she's a very modest <laughs> person but um do you have anything that we didn't cover that you'd like people to know either about you or about high noon or about Anu japan or anything at all that you just feel is an important thing
1: yeah so we're just going to move forward as true mother says and for for people who were wanted to we'll do this together amazing and yeah. i'm really, really grateful for what Hyman has built up and we're just like, you know, taking the baton. <laughs> it's Japanese, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, baton?
1: Yeah, baton. Oh, is that, no. is that
0: English? <laughs> it's kind of English, but you just have to stop and it took me about four seconds to figure out. All right, everybody, we just got cut off real quick. Technological problem, but... Um, We're basically done here, Aiko. Um, Thank you so much, first of all, for signing up for this. This is really cool. Um, And thank you for joining us on the podcast. That's the easy part, but the hard part was signing up for this with such a great heart. Um, Yeah, and everybody, if you need anything at all from Aiko, that's her email address. Aiko, A-I-K-O at highnoon.org. Um, and yeah, just reach out and tell her, tell her you love her, tell her that you care, tell her all a bunch of nice stuff and that you want to help. If you have any complaints, send them to Sammy at high noon. <laughs> all good stuff. sent to Eiko. Yeah. How about that? Thank you. All right. Yeah. Anything, any, let's say one last thing, one last thing that we can un, uninterrupted. You can just say goodbye. It was nice or anything, but I'm just going to send it to you for one last. I want to hear from you one last time. Hey.
1: Yeah, I love Japan. And I'm I'm really looking forward to work with Hainun. Okay. Thank you for this today.
0: Thank you everybody.